Welcome to the RLT Pivot Podcast, where each week we discuss a trading topic in a way that will provide encouragement, inspire growth, vanquish fears, offer solutions, and take you to the next level in your trading journey. So get ready as we dive in right now. And welcome to another Real Life Trading Pivot podcast. So great that you could be here with us today. My name is Tracy. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show, and I am here with my awesome co-host once again, Mr. Dan Jansen. How are you, sir? Doing terrific. Great to be back with you once again, Tracy. And uh, today we'll talk about some of the some of the market caps uh, and what that means, what that does for uh, really an investment purpose. Um, but it would relate, obviously, to to day trading, just so you know what kind of companies that you're trading and why that's important. Um, so, just to kick off uh, with the the caps, what what is a cap in general? Like, what is what does that stand for? So the cap is a, stands for market capitalization. And what that basically is, is the current share price times the number of shares outstanding that a company offers. Now, what's a share? Just in case people don't know, companies out there, they actually issue what's called shares. And those are little pieces of ownership to their company. And that's how they can gain equity into their company. So it's a great way of raising money for growth or for other, other investments or whatever reason that they want to have people investing in their company. Right. And uh, so there there are multiple uh, categories for the companies just based on their size of that company. So you do have like the large cap, the mid cap, small cap, micro cap, and the nano cap. So Yeah, and, and a mega cap. And the, the mega cap too, yep, yeah. which is yeah. uh, six, but uh, we were looking into it before possibly seven, but it wasn't officially on the list. Yeah. Um, but it was at least at least six minimum. And then Tesla might be uh, up on that list as well now, too. So we'll see if some updated information comes through. But it looked like it's us. But uh, so why 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 is this important to to realize what a market capitalization is and, and why? How does that affect your investing? How does that affect trading? And like, what, why does anybody care about that? It's such a great question. So let's first of all, let's start with uh, what a small cap is. And we'll start with that one because that's a the small, the mid and the large are the, the common caps that we talk about. And a small cap is up to, what is it? Up to uh, 2 billion in market cap. So I think it's 500 to 2 billion. Is that correct? Uh, for the small cap is, is 300 million to 2 billion. Oh, 300 million to 2 billion. There you go. So right. 300 million to 2 billion. So with a small cap... These are generally companies that have huge growth potential, huge growth potential. So they tend to have a lot of um, future outlook, but they're also it comes with a lot of volatility. And that's why a lot of people are are attracted to the small caps, but there's some risks to it. Now, one of the myths that I find or that I've heard is that people think that small cap have to do with startups. And that's not really the case. There's a lot of small cap companies out there that are very well established and um, they're just in the process of growing. So um, that's pretty much what a small cap is. Do you have anything that you wanted to add or? Yeah. So, so I mean, as as far as a small cap goes, like all of these, all of these 
compies in any of these levels. They all have charts, so they could all be traded. Um, the smaller cap typically would have a little bit lighter on volume, and obviously as you push a little bit higher into the larger cap, you're just getting more liquidity in those those stocks, so they move a little bit more fluently. So I think that's that's really key to know. Uh, the mid cap size, so obviously as you said, the small cap is is 300 million to two billion. Uh, then you have the mid cap from two billion to ten billion, and then you start getting into some of the the much larger companies that are uh, ten billion to the, to the two hundred. So with the small cap, you will have a little bit more risk because generally they, those companies haven't been around as much. So if you're investing in something, um, those are companies that are still growing, and there could be hiccups on the way. They've proven themselves a decent amount to make some revenue, but obviously, you know, longer term, we'll see where they, they pan out, if they get bought out or, you know, whatever situation. Larger caps, you're, you're looking for more safety plays. So a lot of mm-hmm. the dividend companies are going to come into a lot of the, some some in the mid cap, but a lot of them are going to be large, large cap. A lot of times smaller, small cap doesn't really offer dividends type stuff as well. But it'll, to me, the, the caps are important. Like if you're investing in something, just to get away from day trading for a second, but if you're investing in something, um, I believe there was an interview with Warren Buffett and Charlie Bunger where they were talking. I think the question was asked because a lot of Warren Buffett and what Charlie did was they invested in stuff for the long term that had really, really good growth. And the question was, is it is it still possible to find those opportunities in the market because companies like Coca-Cola and companies that they were investing in, some of the railroad plays, those companies grew a lot since. Um, and the way that Warren Buffett worded it is it's the best opportunity for returns are going to come from small cap. So if you're if you're digging through the financial uh, the financial prospectus of companies and checking out their balance sheets and looking at the growth, making sure they're profitable every quarter, the same way that Warren Buffett would still trade, it's it, you're going to get a bigger return. It's got more potential in the small cap. But again, you want to find those those kind of hidden gems within there to make your your investments. Where the larger caps, they've already proven themselves. You're, you're probably not losing a lot of money. You do get the dividends. It's good for a healthy portfolio, but the percent of growth becomes a little bit more minimal when investing in those, in those stocks. So it's, yeah. it's all based on how, what, what type of investor you are, how old you are is, is key because the older you get, the probably more sooner you're going to need to rely on that money. And you might not have the opportunity to wait as long as a small cap company might take to grow. So you might need those profits a little bit sooner and maybe you should be a little bit more in the large cap as opposed to to the small cap. But if you have a lot of time on your side and you're just coming into the market and trying to hit grow a, a small portfolio over time just just by investing, probably this the small cap is going to give you the best returns anywhere out there in the market right now. Yeah, and there's actually some advantages to doing your research and looking for some potential hidden gems in the small cap and Part of that has to do with, um, you know, the, the mutual funds having restrictions on how much of their portfolio can be in small cap. So it's, it's very limited. Uh, so that can be an advantage because you can get in there. They, First of all, the analysts don't talk about them a lot. So they kind of right. go under the radar and you can grab something that, that potentially has the, the potential for a huge move. And uh, But you do need to do your research, just like you were saying. Well, well you're right on that too. So the the... The wealthier you become, the harder it becomes to make the same returns that that 
maybe Warren Buffett was making and things like that, just because you're not, there's not enough liquidity in a small cap, but somebody coming in with a much smaller portfolio or size is able to move in and out of those, those smaller caps a little bit easier and be mm-hmm. able to, to get their, their pricing and, and be able to, to wait for those gains where somebody coming in like Warren Buffett into a small cap at this point, it becomes extremely difficult for that to happen because number one, everybody's watching his trades and seeing what he does. But two is you're, you're trying to come in with such a large size on one of those companies that the, the shares just are not available for, for, for those certain prices. So yeah, for sure. It, it's if, if you're not Warren Buffett and you're sitting there and you have your portfolio, modest, modest portfolio, and you're trying to figure out how to grow the gains by looking in and trying to find the, the good companies within the small cap that will give you the best potential for, for growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now you've kind of touched a little bit on the large cap and we've touched a little bit on the small cap and we know that the large cap, it's safer, it's more stable, it's steady. There's not a lot of expansion or growth potential in it. It's kind of reached its its level. It doesn't mean it's not going to continue higher. It just goes slowly. But if you want kind of the best of both worlds, you can hit what's called a mid-cap. So do you want to give us a little bit of insight into what a mid-cap might be? What, yep, what's middle the, just stands uh, for middle. Mid, mid is just middle. That's it. Uh, no, so, so the, the mid cap is two billion to ten billion uh, range. So you're getting companies that have a little bit more of a track record. Uh, typically, in the mid cap, you're looking at companies that have been around for a little bit longer. They've they've generated. They have uh, the the lower you go on the scale of caps. So from the large cap, you're relatively safe on the investment. That company's probably not going anywhere. Mid caps, again, you're getting a little bit more growth potential than you would a large cap. You have companies that have proven themselves and could provide decent returns as well. And then the small cap, you're, you're taking a little bit of the safety out if you're not if you're not careful on watching which stocks that you're you're investing in, but you're increasing your your potential profit on that longer term investment. And then as you start going to the to micros and nanos, those are companies that haven't really proven themselves and you're getting riskier and riskier the the small the the further you go down in the cap size. So that mid will give somebody a nice range where you could have a little bit of a balance of yeah, I'm looking for some kind of growth. But and again, there's still companies in the mid cap that will have dividends and stuff like that as well. But you're not you're not throwing your entire portfolio on something maybe a little bit more on the risky side of, of something to mm-hmm. make that growth. So it, it, it all comes down to, again, what stage in life that you're at, what what immediate bills that you have coming up. If you're trying to accumulate money for a kid's college fund or something like that, and it's coming up in the next two or three years, maybe maybe sticking in that mid-cap range is, is probably a, a much better, safer play than going into a small cap or something like that as well. Mm-hmm. So it just it just really depends. And obviously I'm not a financial advisor. Um, so before making any decisions, make sure you talk to to one of them. But typically those are those are the the general importance of those of those certain capitaliza- capitalization sizes just because that's gonna tell you how safe that you're being or how how much risk you can take on at, at the certain stage in your life. Yeah, and absolutely. And just keep in mind, I mean, there's different seasons as well. So during the tech bubble, um, right before it bust in 2000, I think it was, uh, the, the large caps were making huge 
huge movements because people were investing in, you know, things like Microsoft and Cisco and stuff like that. So those companies were just massively on a run because of the tech industry. And you never know when things like that, I mean, Tesla is an example. Tesla could be, you know, creating some kind of a, a movement in the EV um sector right so who knows what's going to happen in that sector that could be the next one that that goes and again dan and i we are not financial advisors and neither one of us have a crystal ball but we're just explaining that that different things come around right and uh so just because you might be invested in say a large cap or a small cap or a medium cap it doesn't necessarily mean that they won't move the way that you want them to move or hope for if that makes sense so when yeah when you um do you take this into consideration when you're creating your portfolio uh, to some extent, I will. Um, it, it just it just depends. I'm I'm looking more for the for the charts and what kind of company it is that I'm gonna play most of it in. But I I have a lot a lot of time left, hopefully, uh, for retirement accounts. So I don't have to look for. I, I don't have to necessarily be in the all growth large cap stage or the, the full large cap. So I, I can play around with it and just kind of build out the portfolio. But um, I, I'm looking for individual companies that I like specifically mm-hmm. and something, and I will balance it out. So typically in, in the longer, longer term account, I want at least 60% dividends. And a lot of that for me to get 60, 60% of my holdings in the dividends, I'm going to be dancing around the, the large and the mid cap. And then I could get some companies that I, have growth opportunities, maybe uh, some some Ubers and Airbnbs that have been around for a little bit, have good size to them, but don't offer dividends or anything like that at this point. So um, I, I'll take a look at the individual companies I like. I'll try to keep that at least 60-40 where I'm getting 60% dividends in those companies. And therefore, inherently, I'm getting some of those mid and large cap companies. But I'm not specifically saying like, okay, I need this month, I need a, a small cap, mm-hmm. I need a large cap. Well, that's good. I like that strategy too. That's very similar to mine. I I typically only invest in companies that I either use or that I like. And uh, very rarely will I invest in anything that I don't agree with, don't use, or don't like. So those are kind of the, the stipulations for me as well. And I don't pay a lot of attention to the capitalization other than day trading. I'll sometimes look to see you know, what that capitalization is because sometimes that can and volume can usually give you a, a clue into that as well because that that volatility might be beneficial during right. the day trade. Yep. Yeah. How does how does the uh, market capitalization affect your your day trades as far as what companies you might take to to actually day trade some of these companies in these different categories? Well, again, it, it, the increase in volatility that's going to mean that I have more of a chance of getting a, a decent run or multiple plays throughout the day. That's one advantage. And that volatility usually comes with the smaller smaller stocks, right? Or the smaller cap stocks. So for me to, you know, see a gap on Ford, for example, I know that Ford is a large cap company and I know that it just moves really, really small. And, and very rarely is it going to give me any decent potentials, um, potential trades throughout the day. So I have a tendency of sticking more to the sector than the actual cap capitalization, if that makes sense. But I'll tell you that it does play a huge, huge role in crypto because I, I 
do pay attention to the crypto space and you know what the capitalization is on certain coins and and what have you and that kind of gives me an idea of where potential growth could could happen inside of even the crypto space so i do pay attention to that there yeah, no, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I, I think I, I think um, no matter what space you're looking at, whether it's crypto or, or stocks, it's good to have an idea of. And, and if you're a newer trader and you're listening, and don't get overwhelmed by the large cap, mid cap, small cap. Eventually, just over time, you, you kind of understand how the stocks move. Um, based in, so it's the same way you talked about Ford, doesn't mean we can never trade Ford because it's a large. No, you could. But you you know your stops got to be tighter. You, you got to have a better risk to reward on those trades. Just because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you get a thirty cent move on Ford, that's a that's a fantastic day, right? There's not a lot of people. A lot of the bigger portfolios of uh, mutual funds and things like that, they're holding a lot of the large and, and a lot of the the mid cap. A lot of those guys aren't really selling day to day even in just individual retirement accounts you're going to have some of the bigger companies that people are just inherently going to invest in to keep their portfolio safe so you don't really have too big of a swing unless there's obviously some kind of a news story or something like that breaking on that individual company but for the for the most part even a lot of large caps any of the dips are usually buyable where it's just mm-hmm. there's there's funds out there that have to allocate money um pretty much each day each quarter into uh, those those individual names just to build on their portfolio. So any of the dips in there, a lot of times are going to be again, unless there's something catastrophic or some kind of news break or something like that that might make investors cautious. But they have certain rules of when they can get into those mutual fund trades or have to sell, and they're not as they're not as um, they're not as limber as a lot of just individual day traders are, or, or me and you sitting here just trading the markets. They have a lot. A lot bigger positions they have to move, therefore they're going to move a lot slower based on their their certain directions of things. Um, where small caps, I, I mean, again, you're going to be able to, those if you have a good news story, a good break based off of volume or just the setups, you might get a little bit more of a run. You're also going to potentially run into some of those a little bit more spready stocks, something mm-hmm. that. You'll get skipped on your trades and things like that. So you have to kind of understand, yeah. all right, small caps, maybe make the stops a little bit larger on, on something like this. Yeah, and there's sure. certain plays that will work better with a small cap versus a yeah. mid cap and vice versa. So definitely your strategies might change up a little bit. But so just to recap, <laughs> no pun intended. Actually, it was intended. <laughs> so like anyway, to, re- <laughs> to recap, we have a small cap that is 300 to 2 billion, 300 million to 2 billion. Two billion to ten billion is a mid cap. Ten billion greater, actually ten billion to two hundred is a large cap. Greater than two hundred billion is a mega cap. And then you've got fifty to five hundred million, which is a micro cap. And then less than fifty billion, fifty million is a nano cap. Question for you: If anyone is interested in searching up a specific cap, how do they do it? So there's a couple places. Uh, that's the beauty of technology. But Finviz is, is a good finviz.com, uh, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com is typically a good spot to I, – I like it just because it's the functionality on it where you could actually narrow down um, if you're searching for something in particular. That would allow you to do it. You could also do like Yahoo Finance and, and sites like that will also have the the market cap on, on there as well. But for me – Finviz is usually where I'll go to just because you have the ability to 
narrow down to certain sectors that you're looking for. And then you could even go further as far as like volume in those, the certain price range that you might be looking for a stock. So I think the search criteria is just a little bit easier on it. Um, and then if you do click on, there's a tab on there somewhere that says charts. Being a stock trader that I look at charts all day, I, I could easily glance at all the stocks pretty much at the same time that fit that certain criteria of what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. So just, it, it helps me personally break it down a little bit quicker, but there's, uh, like I said, there's also Yahoo Finance, which is pretty good. And then there's a, I'm sure there's another wealth of places that you could search for for those. So they're, all the information is pretty commonly available to to one that would search for it. Yeah, and actually in Finviz, you can search for this specific market cap. There's an actual tab that says market cap and you can select mega, large, mid, small. So that is, it's a cool feature. I use it all the time actually. And what I will do is um, I'll search for the cap that I'm looking for, for a swing trade. And then I'll throw in a candle pattern, throw in a hammer and do that little, little thing, then throw in maybe some added volume. And there's a killer, there's a killer swing trading strategy right there. Yeah. And, and for, for people that are trading, that should be trading with trading plans and have some kind of idea of where they're getting with what kind of setup they're looking for. Some of those trading plans you might find work better in different market caps. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, if, if you're, if you're trading one way on Tesla and every single time you're, you have a high win ratio and then you take that same strategy over to, uh, I can't even think of a stock right now, but some, something on the uh, smaller cap side of things. And for some reason you're just not finding the same, same type of play or you're because of how the stock jumps around intraday gaps and things like that just kind of messes with your emotion on those trades inherently those two trades even though the setup could be the same might work differently so it, it is a it is a good tool to to understand what you're trading and, and why you're trading and, and also how your plan kind of works with the stocks that are in those certain uh market caps because the the trade could still work but the length of time it might take to get there could could be a difference of simply emotions that that might make mm-hmm. you jump out a little sooner or um, just to, to really get a better understanding of what you're trading and, and why you're trading it. For sure. Have you ever read the book, How to Day Trade for a Living? By uh, Andrew it's Z's? on the list. No, it is on the list. It's on the list. It's a good book, actually. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And um, But his uh, he does a bunch of strategies in there and they separate them out based on whether or not it was a small cap, mid cap, large cap. So there's some definite day trade strategies that that he lays out in there that work better for certain strategies. It, it makes certain, sense sorry, because each, each stock, and we've we, we've probably even mentioned it on the podcast before, but we, we talk about it a lot in the trading rooms too. But each stock does have its own personality of, of how it moves and and how it works and acts, and each of those each of those stocks are in a certain family, right? So. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in the the mid cap family, you're going to act a certain way that maybe a micro cap company might not, right? And when when you get down to the nano stocks, and that's that's where you get in a lot of the and penny stocks drive me nuts. So penny stocks are anything really under five dollars, but obviously there's a lot of companies that are legitimately under a dollar that people like. Hey, check out this one; it's like twenty seven cents. And they're just kind of hoping for some kind of a. That's where the the hopium is, is definitely strong and lingering in that in that market. That's where people are trying to get into these stocks, and they'll hit one, and then they go back and they're trading more penny stocks, and they just they lose and blow up accounts a lot easier in those those sections because the the fundamentals a lot of times behind those companies 
aren't very good and people are just kind of hoping that they mm-hmm. they bounce or triple quadruple before it even gets to to a dollar so you see a lot of that um when when playing those type of like if you're investing in any of those companies the way because you'll see you'll see people post all the time like oh, i took this random 17 letter stock it's uh it was at three cents and now it's at seven cents but they don't tell you like, well, I also lost like 17 other tries on on these penny stocks. I just went to yeah. zero and just wiped out. So you'll you'll see that all the time. The, the best way if you're going to, if you just cannot shake that urge to trade those those penny stocks, is pretty much get a basket. The the ones that really make money trading that is they'll have 10 or 20 of those stocks in their little basket and then. If one of them pops, it's usually enough to cover losses from all the other 19 of them. So, mm-hmm. um, again, would you take that same strategy and apply it to the large cap? Probably not, right? Because you're not – if you're just picking rando companies that trading sideways for the last 15 years, yeah, you're probably not going to lose your money on those those companies. But also the one that pops might move, what, 8%? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. they're not going to cover those losses. So, it's just it, – it just, Having a different strategy for that certain cap that you're trying to trade makes makes tons of sense. Now, I, I think you brought something up because you said something about, I don't know, seven-letter ticker. I think that's what you said, something yeah, like that. The seven letters. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. This might be a great time to bring this up, but the average stock ticker is only, and you probably already know this, but the average stock ticker has a four-letter identifier, three or four-letter, depending on the index. If there's a fifth letter... That can mean something, and I'll give you a clue. If it ends with a Q, that's that's one of the things that they're uh, the company is in bankruptcy proceedings. Okay, so K that means that there's special non-voting shares or something like that. So the letters in there do, they do mean something, and uh, you might want to do some research on that. Not you particularly, Dan, yeah. but and typically if it ends in a W, yeah. it's for a warrant. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's. Pretty much like pre, pre IPO, pre SPAC, uh, a lot of those companies will have a, a W after them too. So again, just when you're getting into some of those, a lot of those type of shares will have certain rules and restrictions, which could be how long you get to hold it for, um, or it has to move a certain amount, or, or something like that, based on when people can sell. So knowing. Getting into a trade and, and knowing that, all right, there's a W after here. How, when is everybody else allowed to sell this? When does this open up for mm-hmm. for initial early investors to to sell? That's going to uh, – obviously, when people sell, that, that price is going to start moving down, right? So you don't want to really hold through that. Uh, so just all things to kind of consider before hopping into just – I guess that that dartboard of stocks that just you just spin around and you're like, ah, right, this one looks good, and you're just picking up random stocks. And you're like, I don't understand why I never make money in the market. Knowing having a little bit of information behind you would definitely go a long way. Yeah, for sure. So let's say that somebody was wanting to invest in small cap. Let's say that you're wanting to invest in small cap, and you're doing your due diligence and you're doing some research. What are some of the other things that you may want to consider? when you're searching for small caps, when you're doing that research? Uh, if we're talking investing, that's a good question. So if we're talking investing, um, it, it, I would still apply the same rules. So number one, I want to know what that company does, how they make money. 
And mm-hmm. if I believe in the industry, if I like, for instance, a lot of the the weed stocks right now, um, they're in a lot of portfolios. There's a lot of individuals that just own shares or, or trade them or whatever the case. But if you're not bullish on the weed industry in general, then none of the companies in that category would fit my criteria, right? So I would just not be investing in. But if it's an industry I liked, or it looks like something that could disrupt a certain, which is what Kathy Woods is famous for, is for really investing in companies that look to to really mess up a, an, an industry and just kind of come up with more creative ways to, to handle it or just better solutions to it. Then there's a ton of, even if we're just looking for EVs, there's a ton of EV companies out there or related to EV industry, but there's not all Teslas, right? There's mm-hmm. there's Tesla and then there's the other guys that might have a chance, right? So some of those guys might be a, a good hidden gem in the EV industry, but you have to do your due, 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 due diligence on what that company actually does, how they make money and why you, you think they're going to succeed. The other thing too is I would not, even if I found that one golden egg that I really liked, I would not be putting all of my money into that company and just hoping for the best. So you still want to diversify, uh, maybe have the top two EV companies that you like that that would be in there. And then I would probably also own Tesla just because that's anytime, anytime a company is going to be like another company, the next Amazon, the next Tesla, I'd rather also just own Tesla and Amazon too because that's who everyone's trying to catch anyway. So, so I would like to know that. Where does profitability fall in, into this? Because... Uh, you know, a lot of companies, they may not be showing a profit per se because they're reinvesting for growth. So how do you kind of balance the two of knowing which one's fiscally being responsible with their their research and their, their reinvestment into themselves versus just poorly managed and not profitable? Yeah, so... Even even we just talked about Amazon's Amazon wasn't profitable for the first ten years. Uh, Facebook, I don't believe was was profitable for for a long time. Um, the current ones, Airbnb, I don't think is profitable. Uber, uh, probably not profitable. But you want to see what what you want to see is you definitely want to follow a lot of the company conference calls, company news, see where they're spending it. Um, and if you look at a company like Twitter. Even though it's a big company, big big name, they, they do make revenue, but you want to see how they're spending their money. They they keep getting clobbered on when uh, myself and, and Robert Falco, who's another moderator here at Real Life Trading, we do some of the earnings reports. We're looking into their actual earnings reports and they continuously just their their losses of what they're spending their money on. It like increases like crazy too. So until they get that under control, like Twitter to me would not be a a viable option that I want to invest in. Right, trading is fine, but investing they they have to they have to stop spending. So I want to make sure that they're spending their money appropriately mm-hmm. in in certain directions, and that their their cost to operating is not increasing every single quarter as well. Because it doesn't matter if they're making a million but spending two million, they're 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 going in the wrong direction. So I want to see that yeah. start to improve. Yeah, for sure. So if you're listening to this, um, we'd love to hear your comments in the uh, in the chats. Like find us on Twitter. We're at RLT Pivot. You can find us there. Throw in some questions if you want to know a little bit more about the small, mid or large caps. And we didn't cover it today. Feel free to throw in a comment there and we can answer it. Or if you have any kind of uh, preference over small, mid or, or large cap, throw it in there because we'd love to hear from you. So that's pretty much it. And then, Dan, I think we're about out of time. Hey. 
yeah, incredible discussion on uh, the the capitalization sizes, which is extremely important. So uh, we do look I, forward to, to uh, we do read all the comments that do come in. Um, so make sure you guys do do uh, send those our way. And you guys, make sure to click on all the links right below the Pivot Podcast. That will take you to the quickest way to get in contact with us. And also check out reallifetraining.com for all the free education in terms of uh, even beginner, intermediate, full advanced classes of, of how to trade, how to invest, how to uh, put your money to work for you. So we look forward to seeing every one of you in the next podcast. See you guys then.